25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 wide sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Yes, hour number two on this Tuesday. Here we go. Just like that, we're off and running. Thanks for tuning in, however you're listening, wherever. Appreciate that. In the Farm Bureau studio, here I am. Farm Bureau, go with the home team and staying connected to you around the clock because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire. Customer inspired. Who's going to win the big game? What is the big game this week? Y'all know what the games are. You've got Texas A&M hosting UTSA from Conference USA. You got State at Arkansas. You got Ole Miss at Auburn. You hey, this one to me. I, this is a fun one to me. I, I, I say Ole fun. Miss surprises you sometimes, you know. Well, and you know what else is a fun one, Roger? The UAB Blazers from oh, man, the comeback team. The yeah. comeback team from Birmingham, UAB is at Tennessee. Now, Tennessee's going to win the game, but they're good and confident and playing well and ripe for the picking, I think. <laughs> you love this coach. I do too. I love Bill Clark at UAB. He has them at six and one this year. They're a six and one team right now. Playing at night at Neyland Stadium. And Tennessee's three and five. They're good and happy coming off some, well, two out of the last three they've won. They beat State and South Carolina. And in between, well, right before State, they played Georgia well. And in between, there's a loss to somebody. Who did they lose? Oh, Alabama. But they played Alabama well, you know, close anyway, or closer than a lot of people thought it would be. So the big game, though, however, is the 230 CBS game. It is Dan Mullen and the Gators. Chompity, chompity, Gator Nation. If y'all want to know how I feel about nation, people saying nation, go watch Mike Francesa's rant about the Jets from several years ago on YouTube. He said, Jet Nation. The Giants got three Super Bowls. Even they don't have a nation. Nation. Anyway. So when I say nation, I'm saying it facetiously so gator nation versus hunker down you hairy dogs from georgia the mud dogs from georgia bum, 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 bum. you got your smart pills <laughs> smart pills yeah what was it he said get me out of here percy i used to have that on the soundboard and i still have it Here's what he Another load of smart pills has been distributed, and I'm slap worn out. So I'll just say, so long, neighbors. Get me out of here, Percy. <laughs> so long, neighbors. Anyway, it's a big game. And I was talking earlier with uh, someone who's putting together an article about 
this game and this matchup. And they reached out to me to get a little context on Dan Mullen and some of his matchups against Kirby Smart over the years. So a lot of that is Dan Mullen as the head coach at State, nine seasons of that, versus Kirby Smart. Um, and how many times did he play? Let's see. So he would have faced Kirby Smart somewhere in the neighborhood of three to four times as the defensive coordinator at Alabama. And then Mullen faced him in 2017 when Kirby Smart was the head coach at Georgia. State went over to Athens, you remember, and State had a good team in 2017. They ultimately won nine games that year, but lost early in the year back-to-back road games at Georgia and at Auburn, and both of them were back-to-back blowouts. Yeah, so they wanted to know. They were talking a little bit about that. You know this... This matchup, and what is it? Is it a schematic thing that has allowed Kirby Smart's teams over the years to to kind of hold Dan Mullen's offenses down when the offense would explode on other teams and play well, but but Georgia and Alabama, when Smart was there, they really had it figured out and, and all this. And one thing I pointed to is you can't really have a, I guess accurate is the right word, an accurate conversation about this stuff. In, unless you just admit freely that all these teams Kirby Smart ever coached against Dan Mullen had much better players. When I say much better, had better players and more of them, right? I mean, seriously, because, again, now here's a, just a tad bit of X's and O's, and I don't want to go too deep unless you call me and ask me. You're free to do that. <clears throat> But if you go back to when Dan Mullen got the job at Mississippi State, this is 10 years ago now, and in all of the interviews and stuff, he would say, well, this spread offense is all about numbers and space. We're trying to get a numbers advantage in the right amount of area on the field where we can have a one-on-one matchup and win that one-on-one matchup. And if we, We're going to create – a one-on-one matchup that's advantageous? Or we are going to find a one-on-one matchup and take advantage of it? And when you have pretty much comparable equal talent, it always worked. But what happens when you'd run up against Alabama or in 2017, the case of Georgia, where they had such great athletes everywhere on the field that even when you found the one-on-one matchup, you couldn't win that one-on-one matchup. Well, you got beat. And so that's what a lot of that goes or what goes into a lot of that. And so I think more so than looking at this of Kirby Smart versus Dan Mullen, scheme versus scheme, this is more this is more player for player. And I think what we've seen is that Mullen has legitimate receivers. He's got more high-end receivers on this Florida team than he pretty much ever had at State. They didn't recruit him at State. A bunch of them were already there at Florida when he got there. And they've got some good players that are getting healthy on defense. And so I just think um, I, I, I think Georgia will win this game. I expect Georgia to win this game. They've had two weeks to get ready for it, but Florida has too. It's just I don't 
I think Mullen and his staff are the better coaching staff. And, and for that reason, on paper, player for player, talent for talent, this, at this point, shouldn't be that close of a game, but it will be. And I think it's because of Mullen and his coaching staff. Hey, Roger. Something big just happened. Am I seeing this right? We've got breaking news here today. Just published about 20 minutes ago. Yep. Okay, I'm seeing this. The Board of Governors for the NCAA has begun the process to enhance name, image, and likeness opportunities for college athletes. Wow. Wow. This says each NCAA division directed to immediately consider modernization of bylaws and policies. Holy cow. Man, we're going to look back at this moment and... Here it is. is where, this is where the beginning of the end, or was this the <laughs> What's beginning that, of something great? What's that REM song? It's the end of the world as we know it. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> we got to really get that is. queued up. Well, here it is. How about this? Change, man. Who moved the cheese? Well, we found a piece of it right here. In the it, association's continuing efforts to support college athletes, this is the association, be the NCAA. The NCAA's top governing board voted unanimously to permit students participating in athletics the opportunity to benefit from the use of their name, image, and likeness in a manner consistent with the collegiate model. Now, what does that mean, that last part of it? In a manner consistent (laughs) with the collegiate model. What's that mean? <laughs> Title Nine. Well, no, crap, Roger, I don't know what it means. And the thing is, this article they've put on their website is so long. If I read every part of it, it's going to bore people to death. And I'm going to do my best to sift through this, okay? So y'all just bear with me here. This is breaking. The Board of Governors action directs each of the NCAA's three divisions. So we're talking about FBS Division One, FCS Division Two, and F well, whatever they are, Division Three, to immediately consider updates to relevant bylaws and policies for the 21st century, we must, here's a quote uh, from Michael Drake, the chair of the board, he's a president of Ohio State, quote, we must embrace change to provide the best possible experience for college athletes, additional flexibility in this area, can and must continue. <gasps> on and on and on and on and on and on. Specifically, the board said modernization should occur within the following principles and guidelines. Here we go. Here are the bullet points. Number one, assure student-athletes are treated similarly to non-student athletes unless a compelling reason exists to differentiate. What the heck does that mean? They did that in 1995. Why are they putting that in there now? What? How do, what does that mean exactly? What does it mean exactly? It's broad is what I'm saying, Roger. It, I don't know what it means. If just because they're a student athlete, it shouldn't disqualify them from being paid just as someone. Okay, I guess that's what position. it is. That's what I would think. Okay. It puts you on an evil, I mean, a level playing field. Well, playing field. yeah, okay. 
Uh, point number two, maintain the priorities of education and the collegiate experience to provide opportunities for student-athlete success. Number three, ensure rules are transparent, focused, and enforceable, and facilitate fair and balanced competition. <laughs> I mean, how can you even read this knowing that what the NCAA is and has been and take that seriously? <laughs> Does that mean that everybody's going to get paid the same for their image and likeness? So that, say, uh, your, your four-star recruit's not going to get paid more. Man, look, can you believe that they actually put this in there, thinking that I'm going to consume this and not laugh? Ensure rules are transparent, focused, and enforceable, <laughs> and facilitate fair and balanced competition. <clears throat> Bless their hearts. Make clear the distinction between collegiate and professional opportunities. Buddy, I'm going to tell you right now, you can try all you want to, but you can't do that. You can try unanimous all point. you want, but you cannot make a distinction between the collegiate and professional opportunities. We're going to pay them. Well, ain't no difference. Make clear that compensation for athletics performance or participation is impermissible. <laughs> What's that again? <laughs> How stupid. <laughs> Roger, how, how, stu how stupid do they think everybody is? Number one, they can't enforce anything across the board. All they can do is every now and then make an example of somebody who, you know, turns over the apple cart, i.e. Ole Miss, buying themselves a competitive roster a few years ago. So all this means is the only part that will be regulated and <laughs> – transparent will be the part coming from like ea games and people yeah, like that yeah but they, but, but they should have known that something was going to happen when the nflpa got on board yesterday but they're absolutely but they're saying that the fbs and the fcs and division three have to make clear that it, that compensation for athletics performance or participation is impermissible <laughs> it's just their image and likeness <laughs> There's no bonuses for touchdowns. <laughs> Roger. What if you're more popular? You ought to get paid more. <laughs> but look how they worded it. This is going to be a mess. <laughs> a hot mess. Roger, it is a, it is a smoking piling, uh, steaming pile of garbage on fire. That's what this is. This is a garbage fire right here. Look. Roger, look is this how a they, statement or is this actual policy? No, this is actual policy and what they oh. are telling you that, that, that every division has to do in college athletics. And it says that they got to make it clear that compensation for performance or participation is impermissible. Meaning, you got to let them know now, you can't be paying guys just handing over money because they scored touchdowns. Oh, oh, and also... You can't just sign people up and float money into their bank account somehow in order to come and play for you at Mississippi State and Alabama. Oh, well. Let's take a lot of these GoFundMe accounts down. <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. Reaffirm that student athletes are students first and not employees of the university. You know what they're doing here? They're not doing anything. They're not doing anything, are they? They're telling They're telling the different conferences. They're, they're sending them off on like one of those – uh, 
Greek things where you go out and get a golden hunt. fleece. Yeah, you got to go get a golden fleece. You got to kill a cyclops, and uh, and the, and then, then that lady with the stakes in her hair. You got to get her and bring her back, and you're good to go. Okay, and then I'm coming to DJ. He's been hanging on. Uh, reaffirm that student athletes are students first and not employees. We can reaffirm they're not employees, but they're not a lot of them not students first. Enhance principles of diversity, inclusion, and gender equity. Uh-oh. Oh, really? We're going to enhance that. So are we, let me tell you this. What's that mean? Are we going to have any are we going to have any women's basketball players getting the same type of uh name and likeness money that a football player is because if not, even if it's not even if it's covered under the rules, then a lawyer is going to make billions of dollars. Lawyers are going to make billions of dollars fighting this stuff in court. I'm telling you. Are um, the video games for Women, uh, the WNBA, I, did, I don't play those things. I'm not. Maybe there are. Maybe there is a WNBA video, video game, and I don't know. I'm pretty sure there's not an NCAA, like, you no. know, very low-level golf game. No. It's know. pretty cool, though. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe it does open the door, though, to yeah. for, for the college football video game to come back, which everybody loves. Uh, the last thing that's a bullet point on here, it says, protect the recruiting environment. <laughs> <laughs> This is laughable. <laughs> Protect the recruiting environment and prohibit inducements to select, remain at, or transfer to a specific institution. The board's action. Like reading a really long mission statement. Yeah, that's kind of what it is. It's not specific is what I'm saying. Um, this is fun. It's good. Shake it up. Turn it over. It's a big old busted farce of a structure anyway. All right, DJ, thank you for calling and hanging on, man. What's up? Well, first of all, uh, what you said about your coach talking to you when you were in high school, man, I really would love for you to record that and share that with young coaches. I mean, I'm just telling you, you know, my father was a coach and, like I said, played ball, played college ball. Like I said, so many young coaches would benefit from that. Just just hearing you – your words because it really was awesome but the reason i called in the ncaa sees what's coming they're just trying to stay relevant because they know they know what's coming with california and other states pursuing but but the thing is it's like you said it's a farce it's a it's a shallow attempt Mm -hmm. of them trying to remain relevant and i'm going to tell you three examples and you know i'm an ohio state fan i'm going to leave them out of it arkansas jerry jones Oklahoma State, I can't think of their money guy. T. Boone, T. Boone Pickens, who passed away earlier right. this year. Right. But those money guys at those universities, and the thing is, you can't pay me for scoring touchdowns, but you can pay me for going to one of your car dealerships and doing a commercial. That's because right. Because my likeness. So, and, and the thing is, then you throw in the universities like Alabama, Ohio State, whatever, that's going to do whatever it takes. And they may not have those one, like the three schools I named, but it's, it's the rich going to get richer. And the thing is, you know, the, uh, the problem with what they're saying, pro sports, the reason the WNBA can't sue the NBA is because Taylor Swift makes a lot of money for singing. I make no money for singing because my singing sucks, okay? <laughs> so that's just say that they're compensated based on ticket sales. Mm-hmm. Well, now that the, the, they're trying to say the women are going to be evenly compensated based on what? 
because they don't sell tickets commensurate to a college football game. So that, that like you said, you're going to have some lawyers that are very, very clever, make a lot of money, because the reason the WNBA don't make any money is because they don't sell tickets. Women's tennis makes just as much as men's tennis because of the draw. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, the state making women commensurate to selling their likeness, as good as Mississippi State's girls' basketball team has been, Matt, when you played at State, you had 50 guys that would have got paid a lot more money than State's two best girls' basketball players, and you know that. Uh, whether it's fair or not, it's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. But, man, I'll hang up listening. Love your show, man. Thanks, DJ. Appreciate everything you said. The coach who did that, his name was Ronnie Peacock. He was the head football coach at my high school, Prattville High School, in 1992, three. It was either two or three. It might have been 93. Math major? No, no. He walked in and did that, the hand raise thing. Yeah. Um, coach Peacock is retired now. He lives in the Nashville area. I need to get up with him. He's the one that did that. Uh, yeah, so. I wasn't thinking about him doing TV commercials for the, you know, Saban Mercedes sure, yeah. dealership. I thought that was, I was just really thinking strictly of like the video games and things sure. like that. Well, um, the same people are going to get paid then that we're already going to get paid. This, this, that's just how they're going to get paid. Well, and there's still going to be, there's actually, extra. what there's going to be is there's just going to be more money flowing to the players on two different levels. One, above the table where everybody can see it as a part of this. And all that's taxable. And there's now even going to be more money flowing under the table across the big money sports, football and basketball, that's not taxable, even more than what we have had before. Because then you're going to have a fallback, and it's a matter of paperwork. Well, we we missed this loophole, and that way you can get through it. It's about to change. Stick around. All right, back on the show. So we got that release, a press release from the NCAA, Board of Governors starting the process to enhance the name, image, and likeness stuff, saying that all three divisions, Division One, Two, and Three, FBS, FCS, and then Division Three, all have to figure it out. And you read through the press release, and it's like they're not really doing anything other than going, yeah, all right. We're going to work towards this. We'll we'll figure it out on our end. This is we're going to okay. They didn't really actually do something today. They just basically said thumbs up. Yeah, we're working on it. Like Brian Fisher, who covers college sports for uh, College Football Talk. That's a division or a portion of NBC Sports. He does some writing for Athlon as well. Uh, he tweeted, and this is kind of it. I think everybody read through it. It was mine and Roger's reaction, too, when we looked at it. said the NCAA didn't really do anything today, but they issued a press release saying they will continue down the path that lawmakers are pushing them toward. So I, th- I do think it's significant in that it's public. It's there. We can all read it. The NCAA going... Yeah, okay, we're on board with this effectively. We're going to move down the path, and we're going to figure these things out. We're going to assure, figure out a way that we assure they're treated similarly to regular students. And we're going to make but, clear the distinction of 
college and professional. And we're going to make clear that you can't compensate them for performance and participation. And, we're, yeah, we're going to, okay, we'll, we'll figure it out. But we still think that law is unconstitutional. Right, because they still say that, don't they, Roger? Yeah. But so my question is, what happens next year? I mean, what, it could, could it be conceivable that somebody would move forward and they, they would begin uh, getting you know, offers to do you know, sponsorships? Like, you know, like you say, come down and do the local you know, Chevy dealer or whatever. I'm telling you, uh, how, Roger. What's the NCAA going to do? What are they going to do if somebody goes ahead? I'm just I just believe it'll probably happen. Let's let's just throw this out there. I'm trying to think about where this is going to happen. Now the California deal goes into effect in 2021, right? I believe that's right. I think they're going to petition for more time based on this. Well, see this says on the, in the next to last paragraph on the NCAA website, the board asked each division to create any new rules beginning immediately but no later than January 2021. Sounds like they're trying to avoid any problems. They didn't just pull that date out of the sky. It's 2021 because that's when the California deal goes in. But now they'll be able to reasonably go before a judge and and argue that, hey, okay, this is complicated. We need more time. And although they're, as long as they seem to be moving towards it, I think they can use this to negotiating. But but during all that, Roger, Here's the thing, though. That's what they're going to ask for. An but what I'm basis. saying is this is what is going to happen. This is what's going to happen. And I'm going to throw out a guess. I'm going to say this is going to happen for an athlete in Ohio. Now, I could be wrong. It could happen in Mississippi. Yep. But there's going to be an athlete at Ohio State. Isn't that where they kind of had a a lot of that noise coming out of originally? Well, I don't some know. The, but I, Some of the organizers, I, the student organizers. Well, I don't know that. But I know that the the spokesman for all this, on behalf of the NCAA, is Michael V. Drake, the president of Ohio State University. <laughs> so I'm just going to say that I think there will be very soon let's say an athlete at Ohio State who is going to sign a likeness and endorsement deal with a business, that business may very well be a supporter of Ohio State. But in the state of Ohio, who cares if anybody else likes it, right? In in, in the state of Ohio, it's Ohio State University, and that's it. Everybody's a Buckeye. It's not that way in Mississippi for businesses. Businesses have to sell to both state and Ole Miss and Southern Miss in the state. And others, but primarily state and Ole Miss. In Ohio, it's only Ohio. And you're going to have the big, you know, car dealership conglomerate that's got, I don't know, 10 different locations in the state of Ohio. And they're going to sign that Ohio State athlete to that deal and they're going to pay him. And, and somebody. What happens in Tuscaloosa? Well, exactly. All it takes is one, Roger, because see, here's the thing about it and the coach owns the dealership. The NCAA can sit there and stomp its feet and say, yeah, but we haven't put this in place yet. You can't do that. you got to punish this kid. You know what Ohio State's going to do? No. Uh Uh-uh. No, we're not either. (laughs) No, we're not. I'm telling you, with something like this, and, and I'm not even complaining about it. Every now and then I like to see it. Somebody get out here and cause a ruckus. 
somebody's about to cause a ruckus. And I'm just curious to see who's going to be the first one. All right. So there's your news today. On the text line, we had a question from an unnamed texter. It said, is this considered a redshirt year for all the suspended players at State since they are only playing four games? No. Uh, In fact, the agreement, negotiated settlement with the NCAA, all that states that games served as part of a penalty. I'm sorry. Games suspended where you're serving a penalty cannot suffice for games missed as a part of a red shirt. You might as well play in them. You're considered to have played them. You just weren't there because it's a part of a penalty. So the answer on that is no. Now, I raised the question earlier. uh, Which school sends which players to the pros? Which position to the pros? And Be Steady took a guess on this. He said at State, he's going to guess it would be defensive backs. It could be offensive linemen. At Ole Miss, wide receiver. He said, historically, I'm not sure, but the five or six they've put in the last five years or so should make it wide receiver. And he said, if not that, he would guess defensive back. Um, So here are the numbers. Because yesterday I talked about how defensive tackle has been a star position for Mississippi State for a decade up until this year. You think about it, it started with Fletcher Cox in 2009. State State fans have had a decade of going to games and watching an elite first-round talent defensive tackle on your team for every single season for an entire decade. It started with Fletcher Cox, 2009, 10, and 11. And then... And Chris Jones came on the scene, 13, 14, and 15. And then Jeffrey Simmons came on the scene in 16, 17, and 18. And this is the first year in a long time you haven't had what you think is an elite, elite, like transcendent-type talent at defensive tackle. And frankly, Fletcher Cox and Chris Jones and Jeffrey Simmons were those. And so I looked it up. Listen to these numbers. State right now currently has 29 players in the NFL. 29 players in the NFL from Mississippi State. 18 of the 29 on defense. 18 of the 29 players that have in the NFL are defensive players. Two of them are specialists, a snapper and a punter. So out of 29 players, former state players in the NFL, only nine of them are offensive players. Four of those are offensive linemen. There's one quarterback from state in the NFL, one receiver, and that's Fred Brown from Jackson, Mississippi, who was kicked out of school way back when, made his way through practice squads and caught his first regular season NFL pass this past weekend for the Denver Broncos. 29 players in the NFL, former state players, only nine on the offensive side of the ball, and only one of those is a wide receiver. Do you think it's different from Ole Miss? I'll tell you the Ole Miss numbers coming up next. You may or may not be surprised. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around. But we're dealing with here. 
complete lack of respect for the law. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. All right, so back on the show, I gave you the numbers. Um, NFL players for state. I mean, it's 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 so telling, isn't it? State and Ole Miss, the comparison there. They have they have gone about this thing like entirely differently from each other over the last ten to twelve to fifteen years. Depending on ever how far you have to go back to look at the collective number of NFL players. And it's just, it's so telling, all right? And the numbers are pretty close. Ole Miss has a couple more players in the NFL than State does. Ole Miss has 31. State has 29 on NFL rosters. And uh, so so to reiterate, State, 29 players, but only nine of those are offensive players. So mostly defense. 18 former players in the NFL on defense, nine on offense and two special teams guys. And of the offensive guys, most are offensive linemen, one fullback, Malcolm Johnson, two tight ends, uh, and one wide receiver. Out of 29 players in the NFL, there is one wide receiver. And it's Fred Brown who worked his way up through practice squads and caught a pass for the Broncos in a regular season game this past weekend. Whereas for Ole Miss, out of 31, again, about the same number, 31 for Ole Miss, 29 for State. Ole Miss, 31 players in the NFL. Only 10 of those 31 are defensive players. They are right the opposite of each other. State, right around 30 players. A third of them, not, I mean, right at a third and that's at two-thirds of their players on defense. Ole Miss, two-thirds of their former players in the NFL are on offense. We could just get you guys together. <laughs> I mean, it's like it just fits like puzzle pieces. This People that want to say, what if they combined? <laughs> I think it goes for the fan base, too. <laughs> well, yeah, really, right? Sometimes they get a little defensive up there in Starkville. Well. They stay on O up there in Oxford. Yeah. You know, state fans will grow the crops and Ole Miss fans will sue you over the easement on your property. I mean... They'll they'll ferment that grain for you. (laughs) All right, look. Two-thirds of the Ole Miss players in the NFL are offense. Two-thirds of the state players in the NFL are on defense. Ole Miss's numbers here. 31 total players. 21 are offensive players. And only 10 on defense. Of the 10 defensive former you know, Rebels that are uh, in the NFL, only three def- true defensive linemen with their hands down. Hooks, DJ Jones, and Robert Kimdichie. Whereas, totally right the opposite. And all those wide receivers in the NFL from... Different teams going way back, some more recent than others. All those wide receivers from Ole Miss in the NFL, 
State, one guy, Fred Brown. Jackson guy, worked his way up through practice squads. Now, State, former players, Fletcher Cox, highest-paid defensive lineman, Chris Jones, 30-something million-dollar contract, Jeffrey Simmons, first-round pick, Preston Smith, <laughs> Bernardrick McKinney, defense, 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 Darius Slay, Jonathan Abram, Montez Sweat. This just goes on and on. K.J. Wright, it's all defense. So it's it's really funny how those two have just been right the opposite of each other in, in terms of who you're developing and how they're developing and all that stuff. Uh, Bulldog Blitz on the text line. We're talking about um, Fred Brown, former state receiver. He's from Jackson, went to Mississippi State. I remember that big catch-and-run touchdown that Fred Brown had against Texas A&M in 2014. Remember that? That 11 a.m. game set up the two versus three in the next week against Auburn? Uh, Bulldog Blitz wants to know what Fred Brown was dismissed for uh, there at Mississippi State. All we got is that it was, what, violation of university policy. So that was always just yeah, – we, we assume – well – you knew it was some sort of academic issue because they wouldn't give you specifics, which they never do about academic stuff. And so we assumed it was some t- sort of, you know, plagiarism or cheating thing academically. Yeah, but, you know, worked his way up. I think he was with the Colts for a while, right? Practice squad, winds up in Denver. Well, he was with the Rams and then worked his way up now with Denver and he's on the field. So really, really good for him. And it's, a, it's another example, just another example of a person, in this case an athlete, that proves the idea that if you choose not to be, then you are not branded in your worst moment of your life. Things can fall apart. You can really foul it up. You can make a huge mistake. It can go the other way. You bottom out. You're out on your rear end. You know, and the whole world just casts you aside and forgets about you and says, well, you're done. You're branded. It's on your forehead, smacked on there. We tattooed it on your forehead, loser, for the rest of your life. No? Like, nope. Like that old Western series, Brandon. Brandon. That's not the way it works. You're it, it, As long as you stay on your feet and keep working and try to do something about it, you are not branded in your worst moment. Keep at it. Uh, Miko says on the text line, what is Jonathan Banks doing now? Um, I know... He's in and around the Golden Triangle area working, and I think I saw where he and Anthony Dixon are going to start a new football podcast together, which I think is a great idea. Great idea. I'll be listening to that one if they do it. They're pretty um, funny guys. Oh, yeah. Boy, Anthony Dixon. Some of those guys. <laughs> yeah, he's a hoot. Booby Dixon, he's a hoot, man. Oh, yeah. He's a hoot. Bulldog Blitz on the text line says, maybe Moorhead should have made an example out of some of these suspended players. Well, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, <clears throat> But really, if it's a university thing, it falls on them. Honestly, right? I mean, it would be whatever university policy is. That's the way I – I always thought that this suspension thing for these 10 players was, an, was a university issue, not an athletics department issue to begin with, but – you know, I could be wrong about that. Um, let me go back here real quick before we run out of time, uh, Roger. Pete Thamel 
national college football writer for Yahoo Sports. By the way, just in case you're interested, uh, Pat Forty, very well-known writer, sports uh, columnist, has been with Yahoo Sports forever. He put on Twitter this morning he's leaving, going over to Sports Illustrated. Sports Illustrated laid off a bunch of people, and now they're hiring Pat Forty. <laughs> anyway, he put that on Twitter this morning. Forty is moving a salary cap room. Uh, well, it kind of looks that way, doesn't it? But Pete Thamel, one of the big, big sticks over at Yahoo Sports, uh, put this on Twitter about the the stuff the NCAA put out there today. Significant step for the future of college athletics. From the NCAA, which voted to allow athletes the opportunity to benefit from the use of their name, image, and likeness in a manner consistent with the collegiate model. And Roger, Ryan Brown, who's doing radio in the mornings over in Birmingham on WJOX, retweeted it, and the same thing that you and I hit on. He put in there, very happy to see a step in the right direction, but, quote, in a manner consistent with the collegiate model. What is that? manner is sliding it under the table that's what they're doing now hey and and i'm you're per diems well i mean some people may take that as sarcasm but you're not being sarcastic no you know in in the manner consistent with the collegiate model you know i don't know what they're gonna i don't know what they're gonna do and i don't know what people want i don't know what the law is ultimately going to say that they can do you know roger i just wonder are we headed in the direction Oh, Lord, please don't let the government get in it well, any but more listen, than they are with their money. I know. Are we Which, headed, by the way, is for academics, not athletics. Are we headed in a direction where these high-profile teams that are effectively minor league teams for pro sports, that's just what they're going to be? They're just going to be minor league teams that, where the school colors, the kids can go to class if they want to, I guess. Wholly owned subsidiary. Yeah. Is that what it's going to be? And is that what people want? It may take something like that to survive this mess. Yeah. Or do you just, you know, because I think what we, I think what everybody has found out is that you can't have an 85-man team college football team at a university but you're paying them like 85 employees where they're having to pay taxes on what they make and fill out w2 you know withholdings and and get a w2 thing like i think everybody's learned you can't do that you know what the, you know what their mistake was they should have put out a statement that was very concise it said yeah you know, we're recognizing that this is a move that we're making. We're going to be taking steps and we'll release a comprehensive plan when we have it. <laughs> when, when we have it. Not parade this two-page press release as policy. Yeah, and then they include the line as long as it is in a manner consistent with the collegiate model. I don't know. We'll be hearing about advertisements on the TV for... <laughs> right. Call this number if you've ever played collegiate sport. <laughs> yeah. It won't be long, will it? Sokolov. <laughs> yeah. Something's going to break loose on this whole deal quick, though. It'll happen quicker than everybody realizes. There's too much money to be na- made, no doubt. Mm-hmm. A lawyer's going to get involved, and next thing you know, it's going to break loose. All right. See y'all on Wednesdays.
See you.